0: As Richard said, uh, the reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and I'm reading from verses 1 through to verse 27. It's the vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For Everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last <clears throat> Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command love each other. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen these miracles, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. When the counsellor comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And this is the word of the Lord.
1: Over the next uh, three weeks before, as we lead up to Christmas, I thought we'd just do uh, a little reflection on Jesus. Just looking at a few of the stories that maybe we know and love well, but just to be reminded in this Christmas season of the person that we worship. Lord God, as we turn to your word now that we ask that your spirit would be our guide, we pray that we might have hearts open to hear your voice, minds uh, receptive, and wills, Lord, that might respond in faith and obedience. Amen. In the business world, um, they somebody, I don't know the name of the person, but somebody invented a thing called a KPI. Has anyone heard of a KPI? A key performance indicator. And um, I think most people have a love-hate relationship with KPIs. I guess we can see the logic to them, but also they can drive you completely berserk. And they can sometimes be completely wrong. Uh, When I was on a ship, HMAS Darwin, we were in the Middle East for eight-month deployment, and our goal was to sail up and down the west coast of Africa and into the Persian Gulf, but particularly to sail up and down the west coast of Africa to interdict ships that come out of the bottom of Iran, uh, boats, dows we call them, and they bring drugs down to the east coast of Africa, of West Africa. Um, and the idea of the naval presence that I was involved in was a multi, uh, organisation, multinational naval presence, 35 navies, all basically policing this area of the world to try and stop drugs coming down, the smack track they call it, to take those drugs at sea and to stop that money ending up in terrorism. So it was counter-piracy, counter-terrorism, counter-drugs. And our job was to um, uh, come up to a a Dow that was on the the open seas. We would send a little boat across with uh, our our crews in it. And they would request permission uh, to board. Somehow, normally, when you've got a big warship, people agree to this permission. even though it was their call, but they would normally agree. We've got a slide. OK, and this first slide... Oh, we're good. We've got a slide. Um, now, does my clicker work? That's the next question. Oh, oh there we go. KPIs. OK. And um, anyway, so our job was to um, stop the drugs coming. And we didn't have KPIs. That was the point. It was just to do what we best we could. The, and we were very successful. We, we, um, The this eight months we were there, we, we... Collected about three and a half tons of heroin. Um, that's a lot of heroin. And it ended up in David Jones's locker. It ended up over over the side. But to get that, to search the to find those boat, that heroin, often our crews would stay on these little Dows for 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours, 20 hours, 24 hours. There was one particular Dow they searched and they, they finally found the drugs. Uh, it was it, this boat looked like a fishing boat and it had ice where they, uh, for the fish, but underneath the ice, once they dug it all out, was a false chamber and there was two tonne of heroin uh, underneath it. But, here's my point about KPIs. The Americans were in company with us, and the Americans had a KPI on this whole operation, which was that their KPI was the number of boats they searched. So they had to record their key performance indicator was the number of boats. So, they didn't search them for very long. And they didn't find anything. But they ticked off the key performance indicator, which was, make sure you search a number of boats. The problem is they didn't, because the performance indicator was incorrect and leading them in the wrong direction, they never actually found any drugs or weapons, which we did found a lot. What, Jesus, fortunately, doesn't have a key performance indicator for us. But what is the mission of a believer? What what does Jesus expect of us in response to his love and grace? And this passage that Terry read to us in John 15 gives us a very clear picture, I think, of what Jesus expects of his people. And the background of this uh, passage in John 15 is that Jesus has, in a sense, is preparing his disciples for his departure. He's preparing his disciples for the fact that he's going. He's going to be crucified and he won't be there. He's getting them ready that the ministry will continue after he's gone. In John 13, he washes their feet to show them what humility is all about if they're going to do his work. He briefs them that uh, one of the disciples is going to deny him. And then in John 14, he gives them that wonderful passage about a a father having many rooms and preparing a place. He um, promises the Holy Spirit. He gives them support. And then in John 15, he gives them a picture of the mission that he wants for them. And he uses metaphor. And um, the scriptures often use metaphor to get to things that are deep. I used to have a, 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 I was trained by a minister who used to say, if you can't illustrate it, you don't believe it. Now, maybe that's a bit too extreme, but Jesus often uses metaphor because sometimes just saying it in, in a sort of a concrete way won't get deep, whereas the metaphor will get deeper. And the metaphor given here, the mission metaphor, is agriculture. Well, in fact, it's horticulture, and in fact, it's viticulture. I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. Uh, oh, sorry, we're not there yet. Doesn't matter, we'll get, we'll come back one. that no, it'll do. Um, Jesus has already said in John 8, I am the light of the world. In John 6, he said, I'm the bread of life. And in John 10, he says, I'm the door. Now he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now, in the history of the world, food security has normally always been a problem. It's not our problem, we go to supermarkets full of food, but in most places in the world still today, food's not secure. If you grow a crop, that's great, but it's one off, the crop ends. If you have animals for food, that's great, but when you eat them, they're gone. Fruit and fruit trees and vines are special because they keep producing. A great vine will produce for over 100 years, An olive tree, very popular in the Middle East, will fruit for a 1,000 years. In fact, I watched a TV show, Monty Don had fruit trees from um, the Dalmatian coast that were 2,000 years old and still fruity. In In the New Testament period and in the Old Testament period, a rich person was a person that had fruit trees. Because you had that ongoing production, the multiple harvest. And this is the picture that Jesus gives, that he is the vine and the Father is the gardener. Verse 8 says, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The mission is very simple, friends. The mission that Jesus gives us to do is to bear fruit, to reveal ourselves as followers of Jesus, to bring glory to the Father. And to produce fruit. Now, interestingly, in this passage, Jesus doesn't define what fruit is. But does he need to? It's obvious, isn't it? That the fruit of our lives in Christ is the good things that we will do. The blessing, the joy, the changed lives, the love of Christ that is shared. What this passage does show us is how we can produce fruit. On our little place at Penguin, Wendy and I so far have planted 18 fruit trees. This is the first one. It's a little bit bigger now. It's struggled the whole time. It's a lemon tree. It's looked sick since the day I planted it, and it's almost looking okay, though I'm wary of saying that. The job of the person looking after the fruit, vine, or the tree is what? To provide water, to make sure there's enough water, to make sure the soil is nourished and, not that I can do much about it, to see that the the fruit tree has sunshine, to plant it in a place where the sun will shine. The passage here gives us three clear pictures, three clear things that will make us produce fruit spiritually. And the first, of course, is, is God the Father. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes so that it will produce even more. A fruit tree can't produce fruit by just sitting there trying hard. A fruit tree will produce fruit when it is cared for and nurtured and pruned. We plant a vine, and the vine produces fruit. As the Father, verse 9, has loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. To bear fruit in Christ will begin when we remain in God's love. The picture here of pruning is both exhilarating and scary as. I'm not a particularly good pruner. I'm trying to learn to be a better pruner. But good pruners do what? They do two things. They firstly get rid of dead wood because dead wood won't produce fruit. And then really good pruners prune the good wood as well, the good part of the tree, to produce even more fruit. It's scary because when you go to prune a branch, you think, what am I doing? That branch looks healthy and strong. Have I really got the courage to prune it in the hope that it will produce more? God has no problem with fear. (laughs) It is a scary passage because the scriptures are clear. God wants us to produce fruit, and if necessary, he will prune. Verse 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I've made known to you. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible father. And in verse 16, he says you did not choose me and I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. What do we hope for Bianca as she goes off to Bible college? That she learns a whole lot of knowledge? No, yes, we do hope you learn a whole lot of knowledge, but that you will produce fruit. It's not knowledge for the sake of it, it's that she will bear fruit. And that's what Jesus is calling us here to do is to grow in our knowledge and love of God that we might bear fruit the picture here is of a sovereign God a God who is in control not a God who then allows us to be fatalistic and do nothing but a God who empowers us who prepares the fruit for us to bear verse 10 if you obey my commands you remain in my love just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. We're to remain deep in God's love through Christ. God, the Father and the source of all fruit. Wendy and I used to grow vegetables uh, in our house when we lived in Sydney and I noticed in Sydney that the vegetable gardens stopped growing at a particular time of the year. In Sydney about well, it was about April, sometime April, and then started growing back again in June. In Tasmania, in Penguin, I've discovered that the growing stops stopped this year on the 1st of May and started again on the 1st of September. Now, what happens between the 1st of May and the 1st of September in this part of the world? It's winter, yes. We're on the coast, so we haven't had any frosts. Something else happens from the 1st of May to the 1st of September. It is cold. Temp- it is cool, but you haven't got it yet. Less sunshine. Who said that? What's your name again? Sorry? Kay. Kay gets it right every week. In fact, in fact, from the 1st of May to the 1st of September, there is less than 10 hours of sunlight and it's less than 10 hours of sunlight, the garden just shuts down. Once we get past the 10 hours again, and we go back to 12 and 14 and 15, and how wonderful in the summer that we get sun such long days, it's the sun that produces the the growth. God the Father is the vine. Sorry, Jesus is the vine, and God the Father is the gardener. And we're to turn our attention now to the Son. God the Father and God the Son. The picture here is an exalted Jesus. Jesus says, verse 4, Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit in by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's both negative and positive, isn't it? It's positive saying, if you remain in the vine, you will produce fruit. It's negative in that if you don't remain in the vine, you won't produce fruit. Most modern fruit trees are grafted. That is, a a strong, solid rootstock that will grow a strong, solid plant is the root of the plant. And what's grafted into that is a fruiting plant so that it produces fruit. We are the original sinful plant and Christ is grafted into us. Christ is grafted into us that we might produce fruit. If you obey my commands, you remain, verse 10, in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater man, greater love has no one than this that he lays down his life for his friends. We're to live the love of Christ and thus produce fruit. If you belong to the world, it would love you as it loves its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. The believer who will produce fruit will have a love-hate relationship with the world just like Jesus. The world loved Jesus and hated Jesus. And the world will love believers and hate believers. In the Navy, I've often asked sailors, what makes a good chaplain? And often they'll say, oh, we like a chaplain who will drink with us and go to the pub and be one of the boys. And I always say at that point, well, sorry, I'm not that. But but they don't really love that it's really strange isn't it the world on the one hand doesn't want christians to be different but does want christians to be different just like jesus was both loved and hated verse 9 as the father loved me so i love you now remain in my love if you obey my commands you remain in my love just as you have obeyed the father's commands and remain in his love i've told you this that you may that my joy may be in you and that your joy May be complete. We are called to live in the love of Christ, who lives in the love of the Father, that our joy might be complete. I was on HMAS Adelaide when we were coming into Dilly Harbour, and as you come in sailing to Dilly Harbour, there's this statue. It's a small version of the one in Rio, Cristo de Reed of Dilly. It's a 27 metre high statue of Jesus. On the bridge, on the warship, uh, on HMAS Adelaide as we were coming in, the young trainee um, ship drivers, seamen officers, MWOs we call them, maritime warfare officers, are learning their craft and one of their craft is to learn to navigate the ship ship without the electronic navigation. So we have all this electronic navigation. but it's important to actually be sure that the electronic navigation works. So they do fixes. They fix, they find the angle on three fixed points, draw that onto a map, and then they can work out exactly where we are. So they'll often fix off a lighthouse or something like this. As we're coming into Dilly Harbour, and I was up on the bridge, one of the young maritime warfare officers said to me, Padre, is it OK if we fix on Jesus? LAUGHTER <laughs> Are you joking? You know, I think I burst into song, you know. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. <laughs> what a wonderful picture. Fix on Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, and of course, no surprise, God the Spirit. It's a wonderfully Trinitarian passage, this. When the Advocate comes, verse 26, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you, will all, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. The Spirit of God working with the Father and the Son, thoroughly Trinitarian. The Spirit then comes from the Father sent by Christ, that he might be our strength, that we might continue the ministry of Jesus. The comfort that Jesus gave to his disciples was he would send another, an advocate, a counsellor, a helper, the Spirit to be with you. And the greatest of all gifts of the Spirit is, of course, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. When our kids were little, we used to play baseball against various teams in the district. And one of the teams was from a school, a Catholic school. And uh, on the sidelines, there'd be this cheering, Go Holy Spirit! Go Holy Spirit! Go Holy Spirit! (laughs) I always thought it was really weird. (laughs) The Spirit gives us access, personalises our relationship with the Father. Uh, Of course, in this part of the world, when you say the word Spirit, people think of this Spirit. And uh, the Spirit of Tasmania, every time you buy a fare, it's subsidised by the government. Did you know that? Why is it subsidised by the government? Because it's a bridge, that's right, it's the highway, it's a bridge. It's part of the highway, just like the highways are paid for by the government and our fuel excise pays that, so there's subsidy for the Spirit. As the Spirit of Tasmania is a bridge, the Holy Spirit is our bridge to the Father and the Son. If we want to produce fruit, we remain in the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our mission then, well, it's not complicated, is it? This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Fruit appears, doesn't it, in good years annually. Hopefully, in spite of droughts and floods and fires, we hope that a tree will continue to produce. Wendy and I planted an avocado at our house in Sydney, and every August it used to flower. And he used to have these lovely flowers on it, And then we'd get three hot, windy days in August in Sydney and the flowers would all dry off and fall off and every year we didn't get avocados. And in 2019, the tree was in for about 10 years, and in 2019 we got moved to Cairns. I got moved for Navy and Wendy came up as well. And for two years, after after the, the very dry year of 19... 19, the very dry year, wasn't it, that we had the big bushfires... 2021, we had very wet years in Sydney. And the friends who we rented to the house, the house to used to put pictures on Facebook of all these avocados. <laughs> uh, basket loads of avocados. <laughs> wonderful fruit. But as wonderful as fruit is, as marvelous as a sweet mango or a what's your favorite fruit a pear or an apple a juicy apple marvelous as those things are fruit doesn't last it spoils it fades but verse 16 says this you did not choose me but i chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last The picture is that the fruit that we produce through the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, the spiritual fruit, will be not like human natural fruit that fades and spoils and rots. No, through God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit working miraculously, even through clay clay pots, we trust that God will work a fruit, a fruit that will last forever. Shall we pray? Father, we are grateful for the miracle of a tree that produces a beautiful thing that is sweet to eat year after year after year. We enjoy, Lord, a vine that produces grapes. And so we, Lord, are the beneficiaries of being grafted into your love, to have Christ grafted into us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might bear the fruit of godliness, in spite of our sinfulness, that we might bear the fruit, Lord, that will last forever. We dare to pray, Lord, for the weak vessels that are the members of this church, that we, Lord, might be your people who honour you with our lives and produce much fruit. We ask that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.